Let's just do that one more time for the Lord. Aren't you thankful to be in the house of the Lord? With brothers and sisters of like precious faith, amen. Feeling the spirit that we feel in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. Do consider it a, an honor. I am thankful for the sweet presence that I feel in the house today. Man, we worship for a reason. We praise for a reason. In the 22nd Psalm, the scriptures record that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. He lives in your praise. He abides in my praise. And with that in mind, 2 Corinthians records, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is an emancipation of, from bondage. There is a freedom that man or flesh cannot give, thus they cannot take it away. Oh, I'm in the house of the Lord tonight, I, uh, today, this morning, I know that. And there is a free, this is within reach. Uh, and there's a freedom in the atmosphere that can transform the depressed into the determined, uh, that can transform the weak into warriors, uh, that can transform the alcoholic to an advocate of the faith, uh, that can transform uh, an, uh, an chasing. When we're in the house of God uh, and in the presence of the Lord, anything is possible. I don't ever want to have church where Jesus doesn't show up. Because every time the Lord shows up and his spirit moves, things are about to change for the better. You might have walked into this in these doors this morning depressed, feeling down, but I promise you, if you just immerse yourself into that spirit uh, that you feel in this house today, you're leaving different. You're leaving different. You're leaving differently than when you walked in. Amen. There is freedom in this house today. There is deliverance in this house today. There is healing in this house today. And there is salvation in this house today. Simply because Jesus is in the house today. Because there's been some brothers and sisters who've been praising his name. And he can't withhold himself. He says, I got to get in the middle of that. I got to live in that. And I... Amen, amen. Well, I do, do thank you for allowing me to stand behind this pulpit. I give honor to Pastor Herring, and I give honor to my pastor for trusting me. He trusts me. I know he does, because he is good friends, if, as your pastor mentioned, and um, my pastor knows me. <laughs> I do have a word that I feel the Lord has put in my spirit. We're leaving different. Whether we've been in church 10 years or 10 minutes, we're leaving different. When we come to the house of God with the expectation, I'm leaving different. I don't care if the word's too elementary for me. I'm leaving different. I'm going to take whatever I can get out of it. Anytime the word is preached, it's the will of God, and it's for me. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 40 and verse number 31. The word says, but they that wait upon the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. With the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach on this topic just for a few moments. I don't have a lot to say, but I do believe the Lord wants to do a, a good work, a perfect work. This subject, hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. I do believe the word is anointed. You may be seated. John chapter number 5, if you would turn with me, start in verse number 1. John chapter number 5, verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for a moving. Waiting for a moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had, he or she had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Thirty-eight years. Thirty-eight years. Hurry up and wait. It's an idiom or a phrase used to refer to the situation in which one is forced to hurry in order to complete a certain task or arrive at a certain destination by a specified time only for nothing to happen at that time. Often because other required tasks are still awaiting completion. Many U.S. military veterans in particular consider this phrase to be synonymous with military culture. <laughs> I can remember in high school this phrase being thrown around quite a bit as I was in the junior ROTC classes and I can remember being impatient about many things. That's just my generation. We live in a microwave generation. We can't wait for anything. And I remember Sergeant Miller delighted in making me wait. Mulligan. But we find in the scripture we just read this man had an infirmity and not just a man laying there with an infirmity, but he had that infirmity 38 years. Someone say a long time. A long time. The Bible does not elaborate, but I imagine not all of his days were spent at the steps of this pool of water. There was nothing significant about the otherwise dirty pool of water. But nevertheless, it was referred to as the house of mercy or the flowing water. If you study it out, it was really just a collecting place of all the rainwater from the surrounding area. There was no natural spring. There wasn't anything bursting from the ground. It was just a collection pool of water. But there was a certain season that took place from time to time when the water began to move. It just looked like a normal pool of water. But then it began to move. And the first one in, it says, received that what they were looking for. It was in that certain season that the water was stirred by that of an angel. And all at once, this collection of rainwater would become a healing pool in which whomever jumped in was completely healed of whatever the infirmity. And for years, this crippled man lay wait for his day. 
For years he watched as others jumped in and received that which they were looking for. For years he watched as others walked away with their healing unconcerned for his own miracle. For years he scraped and clawed and struggled to get into that water, into that moving in hopes of receiving his help. For years he was forced to wait. But it was in the waiting that a day would come. And not just any day, but a day with purpose. You may have showed up on a Sunday thinking it's just another Sunday, but there's some purpose in this house today. God commissioned this day and this hour on, on the 22nd of January in 2023 for you to be in the house of God in the middle of His Spirit. And I'm already... I'm already amongst those who have faith that there's been a moving in the atmosphere. And this particular day, the creator of all things showed up in bodily form to ask this man a question. A question, no doubt, with an obvious answer. And when Jesus, the scripture says, saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Sometimes that's hard. Really? Really? I mean, I'm just, it's just me. I don't mean to be disrespectful, so don't misread me. But I would, I would have been, really? Are, are, are you asking me that? What he was saying was, are you really serious about getting well? Are you serious about being healed? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. What he is saying is for years, everything I've tried to accomplish in my flesh hasn't helped me. For years, everyone I've relied on has failed me. For years, I've been left to fend for myself. And for years, I've tried to get where my healing lies wait. And while he's making his excuses, Jesus proclaims. In verse number 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. you got to catch this. I've, I've read this story so many times. But he doesn't answer the question. Jesus says, are you serious about being healed? And all he offered him was excuses. Valid as they may be. They were valid excuses. But they were nonetheless excuses. And Jesus doesn't even wait for an answer. He fires back. He fires back with, take up thy bed and walk. So I'm here to ask, why do you think that he walked away with his victory? Was it his insurmountable great faith? Was it his cry for help? No, that man walked away from that pool healed by the power of the Almighty because Jesus inclined his ears more to what he wasn't saying rather than what he was saying. And what he was saying is, everyone's given up on me. I've scraped, I've called, I've fought for my healing, but I'm still here because there's coming a day that that pool is moved and I'm going to get what I'm looking for. 
And Jesus within himself couldn't hold back any longer. And he's saying, you don't understand who you're talking to. Because the spirit that moves that water is in bodily form in front of you. And son, you've waited long enough. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. I know there's some under the sound of my voice. You've tried to rely on people and people fail. We're human. But there is one in your midst that is stepping into this house to say, to say are you really serious about being well? If you're really serious, don't focus on anybody else. But you just focus on me. I'm thankful for my pastor. I'm thankful for my mom and dad. I'm thankful for my grandparents and everyone who's instilled wisdom in me. But I learned something a long time ago. There's one I can rely on who's never forsaken me, who's never lied to me, who's never broken a promise. And though I had to wait for some time, one service, Jesus showed up and everything changed. He got was what he was looking for because he waited. He showed up. He was present. He said, this pool, I've been here for a while, Mati, because my day's coming. There's no quitting me. I'm here to preach to somebody. You're on the field. No, he just wants to get up close and personal. He doesn't want you to receive your healing in the moving. He wants to get up and get involved himself. He's saying, I saved you for me. Ever wonder why we show up every Sunday, every Wednesday? I got former co-workers. Why do you do that? Because... There's coming a service. I may leave and feel like I'm still in the wait, but there's coming a service when Jesus is going to talk to me in a very personal way. I remember as a teenager feeling lost, feeling like I'd made mistakes and took myself away from the grace of God beyond the blood of Christ. But I can remember who was preaching, not necessarily what was preached, but I can remember going down to the altar. I can tell you right now where it's at. And I remember what I told God. And I remember from that that moment on I had prayed in that spot before I had been in wait before but Jesus met me that day and I walked out of the house different that's why I show up every Sunday there's something for me every Wednesday there's something for me every Friday there's something for me I'm gonna stay in close proximity to the collecting pool where the spirit moves because Jesus is gonna meet me But if I'm absent, now I realize Jesus will come to where we're at. But sometimes he lies wait for us to come to where he's at. I wish I could stand before you and say every time I came to the house of God, I left with what I thought I needed. 
But sometimes I watched others get the infilling. I watched others get the healing. I watched others get the blessing. And I'm not taken away from that because it was their moment. But when I waited and stuck around long enough, Jesus met me too. And I stand before you today, a Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name, saved believer, because Jesus met me in the house. I can rest assured that whatever it is I'm in need of isn't going to find me outside of the moving of the Spirit. No, I'm not putting an emphasis on this structure. It's but a building, but the Spirit we carry with us when we congregate together is exactly the right environment in which God Almighty is ready and willing to do a miraculous work. I can already read the room. There's some saying this is just going to be another Sunday. Today's your Sunday. Today's your day. This moment is your moment. Jesus has showed up for you. And when we have that in our hearts saying, God, I'm here, I'm ready, and I'm serious about it. That's when Jesus is going to say, rise, take up thy bed and walk. That day could be today. That day is today. That day is today. And I'll say something, and I know this, is, this seems to, to, to imply a lack of faith, but if you leave here thinking that you didn't receive what you needed, I implore you, wait, show up. Don't be absent because there's coming a service when the spirit moves and you're going to think it's just like any other day. But God's reading, I won't quit in your heart. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to be in close proximity to where God does move. And there's going to come a time when Jesus is going to touch you. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Verse number 9, and on the same day was the Sabbath. There are some here today that have experienced the very thing I'm talking about today. But as soon as God has set up to walk, us up to walk in the newness of life, there's always an enemy, and sometimes flesh, that's used by an enemy to rain on a parade. Verse number 10, the Jews therefore saith unto him, or said unto him, that was cured, it is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for thee to take up, uh, carry thy bed. He answered them, he that made me whole said the same unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then they asked him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? I'm here to preach to somebody. Don't let the enemy discourage you from walking in the newness of life. Just as he is faithful to take you out of that pit of despair, he's faithful enough to keep you out of that pit. The enemy wants nothing more than to convince you that you've experienced or what you will experience is not lawful. You don't deserve it. Well, tell me something I don't know. I know I don't deserve it, but he said it anyway. I don't know who he is, but he told me to stand up, take up my bed, and walk. It defies the capabilities of the flesh, but we do not look to the flesh for our fulfillment. No, we look to the Spirit 
And the Spirit is here this morning roaming these aisles asking, are you serious about being made whole? Are you serious? You know how many times you've come to the house of mercy. You know how many times you've been in this church listening to the word go forth. And how many times you left those doors feeling broken, empty, and in despair. Don't give up. Be serious about being made whole. Jesus wants to do something in your life today. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a financial blessing. Or maybe it's just your name written down in the Lamb's book of life. But whatever the case may be, Jesus wants to do it today. Uh Oh, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. I'll tell you, after I repented and Jesus hated, I'm thankful I continue to show up. I'm thankful I didn't give up. Come on, different. If he would have took it upon himself to say, I've waited here long enough. I'm walking away. He could have missed the master walking up in bodily form. What he's saying is, don't look for the moving alone. Look unto me. There's another scripture that says, he's the author and the finisher. What he said is, you're looking at the moving. You're looking at everything that helps you get to where you think you want to go. But you're standing in front of somebody that can take a split second and change you for the better. Come on, somewhere under the sound of my voice, you don't know what to, you feel something in the house. You were a little emotional during worship. You know there's something here, but you you can't put your finger on it. That's just Jesus. That's Jesus. I feel a love like I've never felt before. That's Jesus. I, I feel different. I feel like there's hope. That's Jesus. And if Jesus comes today and asks you the hard questions, Sometimes the overly simple of, are you serious? There ought to be a cry from your heart that says, I'm here, ain't I? I'm here, Jesus. I haven't left God. I've stayed in close proximity. I'm leaving with what you have for me. Or our church services would be far different if we came with a mindset. I'm not leaving without what I came for. I'm not leaving that altar without the Holy Ghost. I'm not leaving that altar without my healing. I'm not leaving that altar without what I need. My son's here today, and I don't want to embarrass him. But he wanted the Holy Ghost real bad a few family camps ago. He prayed. Every youth camp, every, every family camp, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. And he came to family camp. He's up there for about an hour, hour and a half, just crying, tears. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. And he was getting ready to give up. And old dad had to step in. And I said, Ethan, you got to have the mindset, I'm not leaving. God, I know I'm young, but I have faith in you, and I ain't leaving without you living on the inside of me. It wasn't 15 minutes after that conversation that he lifted up his hands and for the next hour and a half he spoke in a language he wasn't taught but he was filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gave utterance. Come on somebody, we got to have the mindset. I've been waiting and now I'm not leaving until I receive what it is God has for me. 
Continue to wait. Continue to tarry. I tell you what waiting will do. What waiting will do, it'll get you healed. Waiting will get you filled. Waiting will bless you. I can remember growing up and watching a quiet man by the name of John Vincer. He was a POW, rather, for three years during the Korean War. I can remember him going to the altar, service after service. Weeks turned into months and months into years. He came every service, every service. He still came. But it was an otherwise ordinary Sunday evening service that the man made his way to the altar for the thousandth time. But he didn't walk away the same. For that night, God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He had some things to work out, but he was faithful in the waiting. Now, God doesn't desire to wait years to fill you with his spirit. But for this man, for some reason, whether it was himself or whatever situation happened in life, and I know he had a rough one, he still decided to wait. He still decided to show up. He still decided to hear the word. He watched others being filled. He watched others being buried in the name. He watched others leaving, smile, grin in ear to ear with what they wanted, and they left with what they wanted. But there came a Sunday evening service that John Vincer said something in his heart. I'm not leaving with I'm not leaving without the Holy Ghost. I can It'll get you healed. I can tell you the story of a good friend of mine, Nate Royer, pastors in Rio Linda, California. Anybody ever listen to Rush Limbaugh when he referred to those in Rio Linda? Probably not the most high-class place in the entire United States. But he pastors there. But Nate was having trouble breathing, I remember, through his nose one time, and he went to go get checked out, and the doctors confirmed that he had some kind of growth in his nasal cavity. They removed it via surgery and did a biopsy on those growths, and it was gross, though. Um, And he gave him the devastating news that it was cancerous. They said, we've removed it, but it'll most likely grow back. And it would eventually take his eye, it would eventually take his face, and ultimately his life. He had waited to have children. He always made fun of me because I started early. I started early. <laughs> I have seven. We uh, just adopted my nephew, and uh, I, I, I was thinking we were done with children. And then as we were halfway through the adoption process, uh, my wife ended up pregnant. So by the time we're done with this year, we'll have nine. <laughs> I don't know how my wife does it. My children in the back are like, we, we got to be done. There's no more rooms in the house can only fit so many beds, but he had children, and the doctor told him, you just need to take it easy and spend what time you have left with your children. This is going to take, take your life. We removed it, but it's going to grow back. It's going to take your life. You just enjoy the time that you have left and enjoy your children, but instead, Nate just started a church. He planted a church in the worst part of town, and he waited. It was surgery after surgery, three or four. They would go in, cauterize. It took his tear duct. He, he constantly looks like he's crying because his tears no longer drain down into his nasal cavity. 
Still has the remnants, the scars, if you will, of the cancer. But there came a day after another surgery that Nate made his way to an altar at a regional service they were having in Northern California. And that's where a man by the name of Tony Bailey laid his hand upon Nate and declared, God is going to heal you today. Nate had heard it before. Nate had prayed over himself and had had many others pray over him. But he declared the word of the Lord again. And he said, God's going to heal you. The, ter- the tumor is going to shrink and it's going to ultimately disappear. The next week at the doctor's office, they examined Nate's head. And they discovered that the tumor was half the size that it was to the appointment before. And by the next appointment, it was completely gone. Why? Because instead of quitting on God, and spending what time he had left with his family, they decided, I'm going to plant a church and wait on God. And he pastors a church well over 120, and he's got more children, and I pray he has more. But the, 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 the beauty of the story is he's preaching to those, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're looking at, whether it's a doctor's report or something self-inflicted, God can take care of it today for you. James Chapter number 5, we stand. Verse 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. To be sick simply means to be weak, to be feeble, to be without strength. A feeling of powerlessness means needy and poor and feeble. I'm here to preach to somebody. You've waited for your healing, but today is your day. This hour is your hour. Jesus wants to fill you. He wants to heal you. He wants to save you. He wants to bless you. Jesus has showed up today for you. Don't leave now. Stay in it. Stay faithful. Stay here. God's going to do something in your life. Come on, this altar is open.